Welcome to a special edition of SMAFCast. Let's just go for it. Uh, welcome to a special edition of SMAFCast. We're already kind of recording some cool stuff. Um, we're kind of just uh, starting this new thing um, with Mr. Kyle Vaz, the owner of Key Sabres, the, as I like to um, point out, the official Sabersmith of SMAF. Look, here's the deal when I say that. That means that when somebody comes to us and they say, okay, I need a new saber, what do I do? We go, okay, K-I-S-A-B-E-R-S dot com and go from there. So um, we also tell people, go ahead and send this guy a message because he absolutely talks to people (laughs) when they have questions (laughs) and concerns and thoughts. And it's been kind of fun because we become pretty good friends. I feel like I've never met you in person. That's kind of the way of the world at the moment anyway. But uh, I feel like if we were to get together and start sparring or something, we'd understand each other pretty quickly. Um, And we're going to start this new segment, I think. Uh, Not sold on a title yet, but by the time you hear this, there will be one. Um, so it'll be focusing on different aspects of the actual saber itself, the physical weapon tool, but also the mental that goes behind building, researching, buying, whatever, using, you know what I mean? Um, and how the designs and the person and the practice are all part of the same, whatever, you get where I'm going with this, everyone. <laughs> okay. Uh, Kyle, just kind of give us a little intro to, um, I don't want to say give us an intro to you. This is like the third time you've been on the show. If nobody knows who you are by this point, they're just not paying attention to good stuff for sale on Etsy or good stuff for sale on the internet anymore. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we, we know Key Sabres makes really good combat grade lightsabers. Um, also really nice, um, custom lightsabers. If that's something you're into, I hesitate to use the word lights, led sabers. Okay. Um, and you guys, you guys, you and your daughter, Singular. you and your, you and your secretary daughter, um, <laughs> tell me a little bit about kind of like if I was totally new to this, but I was a big Star Wars fan and I didn't even know mm-hmm. what part of lightsaber like fun I wanted to get into. I don't know if I want to be combat, which is kind of what SMAF is focused around because of our uh, incorporation. But also there's like flow and things like that, which is not necessarily apart from what we do here at SMAF either. Um, then there's things like fight choreography, which is also something that relates directly to what we do in terms of actual combat. So if somebody's trying to get into something and, um, before you even tell them about saber specs, what's something you would say? Ooh, that's a, that's, that's a little bit of a tough one. Um, I know it is. I'm always full of this crap. That's why you're asking the question. That's why I'm asking the um, question, bro. <laughs> honestly, I would, I don't want to get like philosophical, but I would probably say when you watch Star Wars, when you see the lightsaber for the first time, the second time, you know, 
um, what does it bring out of you? Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are a lot of people that I've met. So <clears throat> I'll give you two pretty, pretty drastic examples. And we both live in the same home, thankfully, is myself and my wife. So when she watches Star Wars, when she sees the lightsaber, she sees art, she sees flow, she sees like the beauty in it. So for her, she would probably gravitate more towards flow work. You know, she'd probably gravitate more towards spinning the actual art of it, you know, kind of like developing her own kata and then performing that either for herself, for other people, whatever like strikes her fancy. For me, when I see Star Wars, I break down the practicality of it. I break down, okay, is the move that this person did, is that the right way that you should do it? Is is this, that, you know, I really dive into the martial art aspect of it. And you kind of have to suspend belief a lot of times, especially when you watch animated series like Clone Wars, because the jumps, the attacks, the way that they advance, the way that they can disengage, the way that they do form form zero or hand-to-hand combat, like a lot of that stuff is it's it's its own animated world. If anyone that's watched anime, it's its own world, it's its own beast. So you really can't look at that and say, okay, you know, I can do that for mm-hmm. um, But for me, I really get into the combat aspect of it. I get into you know, designing a fight. So for me, stunt choreography was was great. It was it was a beautiful way for me to really express my love for Star Wars and my appreciation for the lightsaber. For someone else that you know maybe comes from a martial art background, maybe comes from you know a a, a, a family or um, I don't I don't really want to say a family, but you know comes from a lifestyle, I guess where. You know, they grew up fighting. They grew up, you know, you know, playing with sticks and playing with with swords and watching the Three Musketeers and stuff like that. And you know, really, really getting into fencing. You know, actual combat and competitive combat might be your thing too. The first thing that I would really, really say to someone is, what would you do if you picked up a lightsaber? You know, how would you, how would you hold the weapon? What would you do with it? And listening to the to the person is really the the biggest thing mm-hmm. i wouldn't ask that many questions I, yeah. I mean you know the first question hey what kind of star wars are you into yeah. you know, what do you think of when you think of a lightsaber and what would you do if you picked up picked up one that is kind of a question you have to, to ask person. now in terms of in terms of like fandom is like if especially if you don't know this person's background if they have any martial arts if they have any like like you, you it's funny you said your wife sees like flow and stuff that's exactly what my wife sees when she watches star wars because she was a color guard captain so she's like oh so this is awesome, baton man. twirling i'm like shut up it's not baton it's martial arts it's serious this is life Listen, or baton death twirling has its place in martial Look, arts too I, she, she i know Okay, and it, it, the color guard in my high school, they did the sabers, S-A-B-R-E-S, you know, they did the flags and the whatevers and the baton, you know, um, yeah. the rifles and all that stuff. So it's like, I, I get it, but at the same time, my fragile ego is super bruised. Um, when, when Qui-Gon takes one to the chest, you know, I'm like... I'm like see it's it's serious yeah. serious martial arts self-defense she's like you know it's People color can guard die from this <laughs> it, it's color guard so um anyway uh i think what you're kind of getting at though if i were alan i would like to think that alan would say 
I wouldn't ask him a question. I'd just hand him the lightsaber and see what happens. And I think that's what you mean when you say, I would ask him what they would do if I gave him. You would just probably just give him a lightsaber. You'd hand him a. Yeah, I mean, if 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 I could, I would mm-hmm. just hand him a lightsaber yeah. and see what they do. Yeah. And 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 that that can tell you. I mean, that's you know, there's there's a lot of uh, I guess there's a lot of control mm-hmm. in giving up control mm-hmm. when you just tell someone here, just just do it, or what do you think, and just see what they want to do. And yeah, you know, that can really that can just tell you everything that you need to know, and then can tell you how you can talk to that person, what you can teach them, if you can teach them something, if you can, you know, and and, and then say, hey, you know, maybe maybe pass off the torch to somebody else because. I'm never going to claim that I'm an expert. Well, maybe you find out that they are an expert, which is a super cool moment too, because you can maybe and bond then, over and, that. And then you learn. And there's a, here's a little pro tip disclaimer type thing. If you are the teacher or let's just say you're the person who hands them the lightsaber, who again, I would like to think Alan would say, well, that's your teacher now. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you should maybe stand back 10 feet. <laughs> well always always keep your saber if you have one yeah. always keep that on guard Ooh, that's, a, they that's might, a good pro tip they might, they might want to attack you that's a really good pro tip so here's the thing okay we're going to reference these a bunch tonight but i have here these lovely weapons that you made for me these lovely martial arts tools here this orange bladed yes. persuader and this green bladed slayer they're just absolutely amazing tools and if you were this new student here, let's role play. I'm going to hand you these, right? Okay. So just right off the mm-hmm. top of your head, if let, let's pretend that you didn't actually make these awesome things. Which one are you going to grab right now just based on how they look? The Persuader. Okay. So the, it's, it's a slightly shorter hilt for anybody who's listening and not uh, watching if we have the video capability tonight. This is a like a what? An 11-inch hilt, and it's mm-hmm. got a little bit of black leather or not like tennis racket type wrapping on the top here but the bottom is all or uh just aluminum and it's got a nice orange blade now i would hand this to you okay so you pick it up and you would start doing what uh okay so let me get into the mind of someone that's brand new so so am i am i never so have i never done martial arts have i never done lightsaber combat have i never done choreography am i this like is, brand new like i where, didn't think about all this where stuff. i was back i didn't think day. about all this stuff <laughs> Nat, naturally i didn't think about all this stuff so let's okay, just okay. put it to, let's so just I'll, put it this way i'm just a star wars fan you're okay. just a star wars fan okay i i am the Sorry, I am the quote-unquote teacher or the person with the sabers with him. You're the person who's like, hey, what are those dope things? And comes to strike up a conversation about Star Wars with me when I hand you this awesome orange persuader. So the first thing that I would probably do is look at it and wonder where the balance on the weapon is and try and find it as quickly as possible because that would tell me how I'm going to hold the weapon mm-hmm. and how it's going to then apply when I thrust forward or retreat when I defend and that will then tell me how my body needs to shift, how my body needs to, to be, mm-hmm. to be weighted. If I need to, you know, put more, 
put more weight on my back foot, put more weight on my front foot. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot just within the weapon itself. And if the weapon is a, is a very balanced weapon, you really don't have to adjust much. And then you can kind of um, put more power where you, where you want to go, where I never want the weapon to have to force me to fight the way that I want to fight. You, you've mentioned that on the show before, and I want to come back to that as we get a little deeper into the actual design of a beginner weapon or something like that. Mm. Um, because I think that's kind of the topic of tonight is like just somebody for whatever reason needs a new saber and we're going to set them up with the, the get it and go package. You know what I mean? Um, very similar to the, these things you've made for me. So, um, you know, we can also talk about sound and things like that if we're talking a little bit more about flow and, and whatnot. But let's start off with just somebody who's maybe interested in the combat aspect because that's their favorite part of the movies. Maybe like my buddy Bead, okay? Um, we have hours and hours of the two of us fighting with lightsabers and fencing helmets and padded sabers and just wooden sticks and stuff. Um, and that'll be a Sparkives episode, I'm sure. Um, but we, um, he, he has no experience in martial arts, but for him, the first thing he does is all that stuff that you were just talking about. He picks it up, he starts balancing it. He starts making little stances and and doing little guards and stuff. And he knows a little bit from what I've taught him. And he's actually quite good at form three and form one little form two in there. And he's just like really into the combat aspect, but he has no anything besides what I've showed him. And it was literally the same thing. Like we picked up some master replicas and we just started messing around and doing this <laughs> instantly. People turn into like their favorite force wielding star Wars character when they pick up a lightsaber, right? Like who's your favorite character? Luke Skywalker. I think you said, no, no, no. So I have, so I have two, my favorite my favorite uh, Jedi will always be Obi Wan Kenobi. Okay, However, Obi-Wan. if Ahsoka, if Ahsoka never left the Jedi Order, then it would be Ahsoka. Okay, so who, whoever your favorite purposes, is, everyone loves Obi Wan, so I'm going to go with Obi Wan. Okay, so I was going to use Obi Wan too because that's the person that like everybody turns into when you hand them a lightsaber. Right? They're just instantly they become <laughs> Obi Wan. Everyone Kenobi. does that over the head guard, Boom. saber pointed right I do at your it. face. I teach it. The two fingers out, man. Everyone I teach does it. that. I taught it the other day to Becky. She was like, what is that? <laughs> I was like, that's, that's the guard of destiny is what that is. <laughs> so <laughs> This is the, I'm going to take you down in one oh shot my gosh. stance. Yeah, this is the you can't touch me guard. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, coming at it from that perspective, we're digressing, but this is supposed to be fun. Um, and it's supposed to be kind of informative in a, in a way where like, let's say you popped a beer with your buddy and if you're underage, a nice chocolate milk and you, um, you like, you're just like, Hey, I'm thinking about getting a new saber and, and blah. So man, this is a tough, it's a super tough topic. And I knew this is going to be the case. That's why I want to do it regularly or semi-regularly instead of just like, Hey, this is an episode where we're going to talk about this. I think it needs to be discussed frequently because you're, you've told me before, I'm constantly changing the things I do to make them better and more usable and more adaptable and more, um, user-friendly and things like that. 
you need to because for me the fandom changes you know it's not the same way it used to be when the original star wars came out and it's certainly not the same as it used to be when the prequels came out you know mm-hmm. now you have the sequels now you have so much and you have such a so much of a younger generation coming up like you need to change things up you need to kind of change the appeal and now there's a whole official sport in france so like there's so much stuff that needs to be constantly keep updating and keeping things fresh while still you know paying respect to the original to to what was what has been laid before us and now what we're going to do and take on with it you know i think um like that that whole point you're making is really apparent in the way that George Lucas treated the movies in terms of this is the way the Jedi are portrayed in a new hope where, like you said, everybody's favorite character is really Obi-Wan Kenobi because he's even as an old man, such a badass, and he takes on Darth Vader and only dies because he decides to. I'm sorry. Exactly. I'm sorry. (laughs) And then does he really die? Because he haunts everybody for the next two movies. So, well, you then you then learn in episode three that he has known and he has been taught how to become his own force ghost. So he knew, and he was he, he, he was just waiting for the opportunity to actually sacrifice himself and look at what it did. And even just going from like the simple aspect, like the topic at hand, the lightsaber design, when he gave those guys those Graflex hilts with the big honky buttons and stuff and, and all the nastiness that look beautiful that you're like, man, that's a space sword, isn't it? Like, as soon as you look at it, you know, that's a damn space sword, but it cuts hands to ribbons (laughs) Mm -hmm. with itself. You know, Well, even, even in the episode, I mean, even in episode three and you can even pause moments in the movie and you can see Anakin's not fighting with no, he's using a stunt graphics. style. He'll, he's using a stunt yeah, style, a smoothened and and sleekened version. Yeah. yeah. Um. But but the way like from from episode four, five, six, even Luke's saber tends to be a little more streamlined, a little more Obi Wan style. But then you go back to episode one, and like Qui Gon's hilt is about as sleek and sexy as it gets. Obi-Wan's episode one and two hilt is pretty sleek and sexy for combat too. Um, And Darth Maul's hilt is very sleek and sexy for combat. And all of those standard prequel era Jedi hilts really good for combat. Like almost all of them are really good unless they have that influence of like um, the Graflex era, you know. Well, if you if you notice too, you know, um, I don't I don't know so much of the history or a lot of the the real like um, concepts of the movie versus sure. you know what what was happening. But the one thing that you see is episodes four, five, and six, and then the sequels. They all have D rings, or they have like a like another type of clip. And in episodes one, two, and three, they all have cover tacks. Yeah, I mean that that. In, in in and of itself shows you i mean because i've i fought with d-rings before and 
to me personally, I don't like them. I try and but recommend so them out of people nostalgic. When, when they want them. They are nostalgic, but they are horrible for combat. Well, this brings, up a, this brings up a, a good, a good um, I don't want to say segue, like a good adjustment of the conversation, which is I keep talking about all these movie hilts being good for combat. What I really, when, when you're talking about real world saber hilts, combat is relative when you're talking about movie replicas, right? That's why hilts like the persuader and the slayer, your combat grade hilts exist. They exist to be used like a good wood handle hammer. You know what I mean? A good wood handled saw, a screwdriver. That's what they're supposed to be used. Like those Shelf queens, uh, movie replicas, not bad for choreography if you're really practicing control. Um, not bad for like little demonstrations, ceremonial type things, flow, um, kata, awesome sound, great for kata. That sounds so cool when you do kata or a little fight scene where you're using tons of control and still like a good combat grade hilt though. I wouldn't be out there with like my best Mace Windu, you know, shout out to beat. He just recently had a Mace Windu crap the pants. Um, he's going to probably call you is about it, that. <laughs> I, was, I was, I was just going to ask, is it, is it, is it fixable? Like is is the hilt broken or is it just the electronics? If the electronics are broken, just give me a call and I'll fix it. I think I, I'll I, I don't think the hilt itself is broken. Out. Something about won't turn right. on. So um, I'll figure it out. So anyway, this this is all good information because people who whether you're in the sport for one moment or one hundred years, you um, you need good sabers. That's like the whole thing you're doing. Like if you don't have a saber you can get by doing like broomstick stuff, using swords, other weapons, but let's face it. You want a saber, so you should get a saber. Well, you know, the, the concept of using a lightsaber, getting your, your own lightsaber, which, which one should you get is, I want to say it's lost in the, in the awe and the amazement of the replica sabers it's completely lost because everyone looks to that as the standard everyone looks you know especially when when you're a kid and you know mommy and daddy had a little bit of money and they spent some money and they gave you those plastic sabers that have like the three little sections that can flick out when you when you oh, i have one saber. like right in the other room here <laughs> i i carry you know, it everywhere and majority of kids if they were into star wars they probably had that and they fought with it as they were kids and eventually it broke you can't fight with it as an adult because you're going to break that thing in two seconds you know um but you start off with that and that's kind of all you know you know and and that's and that's the thing that's the one thing that i see especially when i'm dealing with a new person is i have to introduce them to lightsaber combat the idea of lightsaber combat not the idea of star wars yeah fighting they know that already lightsaber combat exactly they know that they know exactly what that looks like they've seen obi-wan and um anakin fight they've seen darth vader 
and Obi-Wan fight. They've seen Luke take on all these massive giant robots in Mandalorian too. Like they've they've all seen that. They know what it looks like. I'm not gonna talk about the the, the sequels because I don't wanna I don't wanna get into the let's keep the it kosher. Yeah, I know. We can but say that for another everybody episode. has opinions. <laughs> everybody has opinions. But they're all valid. But you know, they know what what combat looks like. They know what lightsaber combat, mm-hmm. what they think it right. looks like. That's important. Most people have never seen a competition. Most people have never gone onto YouTube or you know actually seen because it's it's still new. I know a lot of people, especially me. Like people have been in this in this sport, lightsaber combat as a sport. They've been in it for over a decade, but for a brand new person, even if they're twenty. 30 even if they're going to be like 40 years old or so and they and they've watched the original trilogy as a child they still some of them don't have any idea what it looks like no so i have to introduce that to them yeah without without having a, a screen in front of me that says here you see that you see what that person's doing without me physically being in front of them holding a lightsaber and seeing this is see this, this is different from holding this type. And yeah. I have to do that through, through text conversation. And it was really difficult at first, incredibly difficult. And then you start to get into a little bit of a groove. And the one thing that I've learned, which I'll revert back to what I said before is ask someone a question and just let them speak. Mm-hmm. I love doing that. I love just asking them a couple of questions and just letting someone speak. Cause I get to know a customer every, uh, uh, and each, each customer is different but I get to learn exactly what they want. And then I can say, okay, great. Bottom line is as of right now, I have two sabers that I can recommend to someone getting into lightsaber combat. Eventually I'll have more, but for the most part, it's always going to be those two sabers. However, I still need to respect that person's time. I need to respect that person's opinions and I, I need to respect that person's values. And I feel like that's what, that's what a lot of, saber companies that build custom lightsabers saber smiths i feel like that's what a lot of them are missing i'm not saying all of them because i do know a few of them that that really go in and really speak to their customers in a very personal way but a lot of it is kind of hands-off especially all all those all those pop-up stores that you see where people are just reselling from another company and there's no there's no communication there's no personality i'm sorry you just made me think of a story you told us before, though, where you bought like a, a farmer's market katana, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, look, people who are listening to this, if you've bought five lightsabers already and you're still wondering, like, how the hell you're going to get a saber that doesn't break, thank you for tuning in. Um, this is this is the conversation. <laughs> Uh, if you're a person who's never bought a saber and you're really, really tossing it around and like, for whatever reason you got tuned into this show, first of all, thank you. And second of all, this is the part of the conversation. Um, I think a lot of people get it backwards and I think this because I got it backwards. They buy the replica first and then they go, ah, crap, I should really get a really combat grade, like a really heavy duty saber. Um, and what it should be is regardless of what you're interested in combat, choreography, flow, kata, 
um, which isn't really different than the other stuff anyway. Um, you need a combat grade saber first. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. It's, if we're just talking about sound investment, sound use of your dollars, you need a combat saber first. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's not pretty. We talked about this too. Like the prettiest girl at the ball is the one who you have the best time with. And you're going to have the best time with a well-balanced tool that looks more than passably pretty. Especially if you do a little something-something to it. You ask Kyle for a little powder coat, some blah, blah, blah. You know, you can get some cool stuff. And here's the greatest thing about this gentleman right here and his saber company. If I want to take these basically aluminum pipes with some really sophisticated, awesome 3D printing and electronics inside and make it a choreography weapon with a sound card and stuff like that, I just uh, go onto his website. And since I'm a SMAF affiliate, hint, hint, I use my little um, SMAF code and I get myself a sound chassis and I say, hey, can I, uh, can I make this work? And he'll say yes or no. And he'll help me figure it out. And I can use the same saber now to do two jobs and I can spend a little more money to make it sound great, have a little flash on clash or something, change colors, whatever the case is. But it's getting to the point now where you can use that same saber that would still hold up in combat should you use the wrong chassis that day, you know. Um, and then later, here's the greatest thing about his website, K-I-S-A-B-E-R-S.com. You can also get your shelf queen. Let's say you got a little tax return. You got some expendable uh, income laying around. And you go, I'm going to buy a Persuader. Awesome. Buy two. Practice Jarkai. And then buy yourself a Shelf Queen from one of the replicas that he has listed on the site there. They're gorgeous. And they're probably choreography grade. Um, I would, so, so I, I don't have all of the replicas yet. I have maybe about like 70% of, of what, of what my third party company mm -hmm, makes. Mm -hmm. And I would say at least 50% of them, I feel totally hundred percent comfortable actually doing stunt choreography with them. Mm -hmm. I would never bring them into a competition, but I feel comfortable doing stunt choreography. If I wanted to dress up as that character. A little patina is good know. for a lightsaber. Let's be fair. A little mm -hmm. patina is good. Yep. Um, now listen, if you if we're bursting your bubble a little bit, let me just tell you, these are pretty sabers. And the lightsaber in and of itself, once you turn it on, nobody's looking at the hilt. Let's be fair about that. Nobody's looking at it's that looking hilt at anymore. <laughs> we're looking at the blade. And that's the most important thing. The the crystal is the heart of the blade, right? Luminara Unduli, check me. Um and <laughs> if the crystal is the heart of the blade, that's why everybody's watching it, because that heart is beating so vibrantly, right? And that's the most important thing. If you ask me, what color would you like inside of your saber? Um, if you already know, let's say you're, you're convinced. We've already said, okay, these are affordable, heavy-duty sabers. Affordable, very heavy-duty sabers. What color do you want? That's like the most important thing. That determined for me what color wrapping I was going to get. The type of hilt I was getting determined whether I was going to get wrapping at all. Because on my Slayer, I don't have any wrapping, and I'm cool with that. 
I like the way it feels without wrapping. This one, I knew there was a little more grooving. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll just like a little wrap to kind of cushion things out a bit. And it it's black because I got an orange blade. I was going to get red wrapping, but I was like, red and orange is not going to work. But I knew I wanted an orange blade. So you go by the blade. And I think that's important. I think also, what's your body type like? Because regardless, again, of which tier of the saber world you're falling on, the flow, the choreography, the combat, the length of the blade and the type of body shape you have is going to determine how well you move that weapon and how balanced it's going to feel. So let's say, Kyle, since you're the role-playing guy here a half hour ago already, maybe, I don't know. Um, and <laughs> you, let's say you're on your website, keysabers.com, and you are a SMAF affiliate because you're an awesome human being and you went on to Saber Martial Arts Life and filled out an application and you were like, oh, they're sponsored by Keysabers. Look at this. Perfect. Um, I can get my first Saber now. And I like this Persuader thing. 11 inches and I think it's the perfect size for me. So, And you like the, 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 the little, what do you call this? The holes in the uh, emitter. The emitter. Yeah, the windows, I guess, they is the technical term. The windows, uh, yeah, um, yeah. And now you're on there and you're like, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> you found the persuader, now what? <laughs> so you personally, what, what color are you going to start with and what are you going to do from there? Uh, so there are, there are quite a few colors that, that I really do love. Um, I'm going to revert back to a previous episode, mm-hmm. Accidental Julio, mm-hmm. that, I, that I just mm-hmm. listened to. Um, so as a... As a fighter, um, there was there was a reference to color and color choices, and I will definitely double double back and say the best choice for a color if you are going to fight somewhere in more of like a dark or dimly lighted setting is always going to be red because the of the exact point that that the gentleman had made was you know red is is the easiest on the eyes whenever you're whenever it's nighttime you know and the brightest is always going to be blue that's Mm -hmm. why police officers that's why they have blue lights and that's why people love blue because it looks so good (laughs) you know yeah and that's what obi-wan and luke used right like anakin mm -hmm. uses blue like it's just so iconic it's it's the every saber color. Well, blue was blue was such an iconic color, and honestly, I feel like it was chosen because if you on the on the spectrum of colors, blue is the brightest, and blue is the the one that actually catches your eye. So, if I were a director, if I were making a movie, I would want and and, and I were to choose a color, I would choose blue, hundred percent, because that's automatically going to catch your eye. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's the first time you ever see a lightsaber is the is Anakin's saber, which is which is blue. Yeah, on, I don't think there's. Screen, I I think that's well before yeah, Vader pops his Darth blade. Vader never, yeah, he never uses his. Until, not until not until the, the Death Star day. scene. Yeah. So yeah, they've got their saber picked. Persuader in this case, we'll talk about the Slayer in a bit. Uh, we're talking about okay. I I want to get a Persuader. 
Maybe I'm interested in a little bit of combat. I don't have any martial arts experience, but I love the combat in the movies. And someone like you or me has showed you just a little bit. And you're like, man, this is really tickling my fancy. I'm going to get this persuader. I get, let's just say um, we go with the red blade because maybe you're a Sith person. And actually, I have a student who I believe just ordered a red blade from you. Um, I could be wrong about the color, but red is what he chooses every time he fights me. Um <laughs> <laughs> I can't get him to use green to save his life unless I promise him that he can use red right afterwards. Um, and I respect that because like I just said, that's kind of the most important part to me that determines how you're going to feel holding that thing and using that thing. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. I mean, I, I, I personally, whenever I use red within my lightsabers, a whole different personality. Comes oh, absolutely. I like, oh, I say that I will, all the time. I will go from Cerezo Talk about accidentally to Genso instantly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, instantly whenever i put on a red blade like there's a whole different personality that pops out so if you're a beginner now what what are you going to do past the red blade are you going to do any wrapping recommendations are you going to do any sort of cover tech recommend what are you going to recommend blade length what are you going to recommend for me i would i would probably not go with a wrap just because if this is my first lightsaber and i've never held one before i don't know what it's going to feel like I don't know if it's going to hinder me. I don't know if it's going to help me. I have no idea at all. All I know is that I've held maybe a, a katana once or twice, or I've seen a katana once or twice. Mm -hmm. So I know what that looks like. But this is a whole different different creature, you know. Um, so I probably would not go with a wrap. Okay. If I if I have had experience with weapons, then yeah, I probably would choose you know probably the cheapest wrap, which is the battle wrap, which ironically. The cheapest wrap is the best wrap. Oh, it's I agree. The best wrap for combat. I agree because it's sweatproof. You can you can easily clean it, and it's got that rubber texture, so you're always gonna have grip. Leather can wear out easily, and you need to maintain leather. The the wrap I got the half wrap because I like a little bit of that classic lightsaber metal look, you know. But that's something to consider too. Like, what kind of a look do you like? Because even though it's not necessarily a shelf queen, you want it to be like, do you like the metal look or do you want it to look more like Qui Gon's saber where it's black kind of all the way down? Or do you want it to look like a Wookiee saber with brown wrap, you know? I'm I'm more of a weathered guy. So when I when I bought my first lightsaber from another company when I was starting off. This was before I, I even had key sabers or even knew what I was going to do or even get into tinkering. Um, I ordered a weathered saber. So I do like a dark look saber. I like something that looks like an antique. Um, that's just my fancy. So having something weathered is always great. Weathering, for anybody who's not sure, it refers to the actual finish on the metal. It's got like a, yes. it's like buying pre-ripped jeans a little bit, but way <laughs> way classier <laughs> sorry anybody yeah yeah not as that. not as uh i guess hipster you can say that i'm not going on you i promise i just you know i wear i wear jeans from the martial arts catalog so i have no room to talk i i wear ripped jeans also but my jeans i i, I ripped them you know <laughs> it's become it came from me working on a motorcycle working on my car it came from me you know slipping and falling it came from me you know running after my my kid because she's well that's interesting yeah. <laughs> because that's my slayer dude like 
when I when I decided to go no wrap, no finish, no nothing on the Slayer, just stock aluminum. That's because I can already see like little places where I forgot to take off my tungsten wedding ring or like where uh, yeah. uh, just these the tiniest little fibers of like, like I said, patina just starting to show. And it's like, oh, well, I actually am using this thing. So it's showing that I'm like the training is becoming apparent, you know, so um, that's important, though that like again how you feel holding it is determined by how you think it looks and the blades at the beginning and then from there the hilt itself should look the way you want it to look and it should match the blade um that's going to give you confidence when you hold that thing and confidence is everything in martial arts or in (laughs) choreography if you don't have confidence people are kind of scared for their life around you you know what i mean in both of those settings yeah, that's that that's when people automatically stand 10 feet away because yeah, exactly not sure what's gonna happen exactly and trust <laughs> me that's gonna happen with all beginners in all sports and things you know like hand somebody a soccer ball for the first time please don't stand in front of them <laughs> okay please stand behind <laughs> them and then just say go face that way go uh kick away you know um so let's say they got their persuader. They decided on red. They said, maybe I don't need any wrapping because I don't have any experience with a weapon. I'm just maybe they're like, oh, I kind of like that weathered look. Maybe because if they drop it while they're practicing, they're not going to worry so much about messing up an actual smooth hilt. And what next do you recommend anything in terms of a belt clip i know you said you don't love d-rings to fight with yeah i would so it would it would be a little bit iffy for me if i had the option i would probably say no to a cover tech if i if i did want a cover tech the only reason why i would want it is so that i can take off the the blade and wear it as as just belt candy what is a cover tech for anybody who doesn't know? If they're like, what what part of the lightsaber in my visual dictionary from DK Books is that? So a cover tech, if you take a look at Obi-Wan's episode one and two weapon, if you take a look at Qui-Gon's weapon, Qui-Gon's weapon is probably going to be the best example. And also Mace, Mace Windu's weapon. If you look towards the bottom half of the hill, you're going to find this little circular ring button and it's going to just look like a circle from the the vertical frame so if you're looking directly at it and then turn it to the to the side like a half inch in diameter or something like that a little bit of a half inch space in there and that's that's meant for a belt clip to catch right inside that that socket so you can wear it freely as just a piece of your belt Mm -hmm. and those clips are awesome Dude, I remember seeing that in episode one as like a kid in 1999 and going, holy crap, they answered the D-ring question. Like my question growing up was always because I would put like paper clips and little like keychains and things to try and keep my flashlights on my belt. So I looked like Luke Skywalker or whatever. And my question watching episode one was or watching those original trilogy movies was when they're doing flips and stuff and their sabers off, how do they get that thing to stay on their belt? Cause I can't get my flashlight to stay on my belt to save my life when I'm riding my bike. <laughs> and 
uh, or should I say my speeder bike through Endor. Um, and the cover tech is like this really nifty, just like clip system that it's just a genius thing that whoever designed these props for that movie just like nailed it. Uh, how would the Jedi scabbard their swords in the heyday of the Jedi? The most simple little circular clip, just a genius of engineering. <laughs> it actually is like, it, well, I, I was going to compliment to what you're saying. It's, it's actually brilliant and it's so simple. And immediately whenever you see it, you can immediately think, that's Star Wars. Oh, yeah. It really pulls you into that world like, ooh, that's Star Wars. More specifically, that's so the martial people. arts of Star Wars. That's what I see. I yes. see lightsaber. I see, like, I've lightsaber. Had, I've had so many people tell me that they, you know, you know, because usually the last thing that when I'm talking with someone and, and I'm helping them design a saber, one of the last things that I suggest is, do you want to cover tech? Yes or no? Because that is strictly just aesthetics. That's like one of the last um, things on the menu it, before you get to the blades, right? Yeah. I, I pretty much design as the, the way that the website looks and how you're picking out which options you want pertaining to what's really most important. So the most important thing is going to be the overall look of the saber, right? Weathered stock polish. The next one is going to be the internals, what you want, either sound or just uh, whatever color you want. And then the next is the wrap. Next is um, the cover tech. And then you can finally choose whatever blades mm-hmm. you want. And the cover tech for me is kind of like the last little, little icing on the, the cake. Um, the, the the cherry on top it's it's something that can instantly take this aluminum thing that just looks like a glorified flashlight and bring it into the star wars universe it's so funny it's just a little circle that's all it is it's so simple but you look at it and it's like ooh. isn't that the way everything in star wars goes though you're like oh that's a blah i have like 15 of those in the kitchen right but in Star Wars, it's like a hydro spanner, you know, or something like that. <laughs> and you're like, hydro spanner wrench, you know, just like it, 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 space wrench, right? You know, like it's just those little <laughs> things. But in Star Wars, it's those minute details that don't matter. They're on screen for a collective two minutes, you know. Well, the canteen is the perfect example. All those characters. I mean, that's the cover tech button for what the lightsaber is. You're like, yeah, that's like the much. cantina character of the lightsaber, the cover tech. That's instantly a, a respectable lightsaber. If it has a cover tech, right? Like you kind of do this yeah. jump in your mind where you start to respect it a little more. That doesn't mean if you fight without one, that you're doing something lesser. Like for what, what Kyle says about like recommending that a beginner not use it. I think that's more to just get the idea that you're not touching anything extra. You're touching just the hilt itself and learning how yes. that moves. But I would say, 100%. and I think you're going to probably agree with this to a, to a degree, and this is why it's all subjective. This is why there's no right recipe for every person. And even in Star Wars lore, there's no right lightsaber hilt for every person. Okay. Um, we saw that in the Genosis arena. Okay. Can nobody just fight with any hilt anytime? Um, so the cover tech button, though, becomes a little bit of a tool when you're fighting. Yes. It's a leverage button. So 
So originally, if I had the option to not go with the CoverTech, I would choose not to. However, now that I'm a little more weathered and seasoned, I've you know had a lot more experience, had a lot of teaching, I would 100% always, 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 always put a CoverTech on. My main weapon, which, which I'll show you here, is a modified Persuader, and I have my CoverTech on there. I love that always. finish on that, because, by the way. Yeah, this is this is a very like dark, dark weathering, and then I also cut and adjusted the emitter, so it doesn't have that Ooh, that many holes. It's kind of is like that a legal barrel length there? <laughs> legal length, you know. Um, it's got a sawed off. And persuader. what I also added to this one is a full length uh, wrap. Now I I find that the the leather that I use. It's a lot more fancy, so I like to offer that one up. This one's a little more practical for for my taste. It's also very expensive, and I would feel horrible offering this to someone and say, here, here's a full-length wrap, but you have to pay like $200 to get it. This is ostrich skin. I don't like to offer the really expensive, oh my gosh, stuff to a brand new person. Like right. I, that's why I always say go with the battle wrap. And I made sure that that was the most least, least expensive, but the best option for someone just getting this brand new weapon. Because you don't want to break the bank. I don't like what other companies do where they say, buy one of our lightsabers and, oh, you, you, you can get it for like 50 bucks, but that's the empty version. And once you actually have a functioning lightsaber, you end up paying like three, four hundred dollars for it. Mm-hmm. I'd rather say you can still get a functional lightsaber, you know, without the blade, and it can still be under a hundred dollars. But even with the blade, that's not, and even with the blade, you're not you're breaking really not the bank. Paying that much extra, you're not breaking the bank. Know? Here's the thing: it's paying back to you in dividends when you're doing whatever again tier of the saber world you're you're enjoying and you drop that thing in the lawn and it just turns right back on or it doesn't turn off at all and there's really nothing wrong with it and there's no rattling and clinking afterwards you're gonna be real happy that that hundred and what twenty to thirty dollars was spent versus you know um five hundred dollars for something that broke the first time you dropped it on the lawn on the grass of all things to go back to what you're saying about the cover tech from what I found with using the cover tech is that hundred percent becomes a tool when, when you're, when you're fighting and I can go back to reference, you know, a simple Katana saber. Um, when you're fighting, there's not that many extremities on a Katana, but the one thing that you do have is a Suba. Traditionally you do have a Suba and you use that Suba subconsciously to find your way around that weapon when you're not looking at the weapon. That's what I feel like the cover tech does for lightsabers. It gives you a way to feel around to really to really focus and say this is where this is where my my balance is. So when I need to do a good power strike, I can use that that part of my knuckle hug around there Mm -hmm. and i can add so much more leverage because now i don't have to worry about my hands sliding off the saber it adds it adds a whole new application to to how you're holding the lightsaber let's dive into this cover tech thing for a second because i'm going to switch over to the persuader here that since this is the saber we're theoretically buying at the moment um let's say i'm using a style with maybe a little shorter blade 
where I'm deciding to hold the saber with one hand with my hand a little closer to the pommel. Now, granted, I hate doing it this way because I think there's like zero control. But if you have a cover tech, you get a little bit more control when you have to use that style to get a few extra inches of range. But if you go back to a two-handed style, that term, anybody who's not initiated with like weapons martial arts yet, you've never done a bladed martial art or something, the term is indexing, right? So the cover tech gives you a total index on where your ideal balance and blade direction is going to be. Truth of the matter is, if that cover tech is facing you, that weapon behaves a lot differently than if that, what, half an ounce of metal is facing away from you. You want it facing away from you to get that leverage, to get those types of things so it's not cutting into your thumb and so that the weight is going in the direction you want it to go and balancing the the tip of the blade with the ass end of the weapon. So cover tech is kind of a, it's kind of a specific to actual martial arts. I feel like if you're doing choreography or something, it would help you too. But like flow, I don't know if it does. I, I, I don't really know. All my flow is just because I like to pretend fight. <laughs> for flow, honestly, I would say zero cover techs for flow. Like my my main flow weapon as little is, on the hilt as possible. Yeah, my main flow weapon is uh, my personal slayer, and I and I've shown that a, a few times. Um, and that's that's with the the three inch extra added extension, so it comes up to, to sixteen inches. No no suba on there. But that's my main flow weapon, and I don't I don't have any um, cover tech on there. The only thing that I do have is a very like gritty powder coat, so it adds grip to the entire saber. That's the only thing that I that I have on there that's really different from anything else. Let me tell you, the Slayer is a phenomenally balanced weapon. Even, I don't have the three inch extension on here, but I think, like I said, I do flow just because I like to like get into my own little movie in my head and pretend fight mm -hmm. all the droids around me or whatever. Um, and you know, I call it Kata, but let's be fair. It's just me playing. And, <laughs> and, um, this is actually better for me for a quote unquote flow type situation, the Slayer than the Persuader, but the Persuader is really, really good for fast, precise combat fast. Like if you want to do form two, form four, even form three, if you're like a more one-handed style form three, 100% get yourself a persuader. Okay. That's my personal recommendation. Just personally, if you're doing flow, maybe choreography may where you have to switch quote unquote forms very often, or you're somebody who teaches a lot and you need to switch forms very often, I would say maybe a Slayer is a little more um, prudent and more well-balanced for what your purposes are. Well, the Slayer is, interestingly, I I wanted to, well, mainly, I've, I've never had the ambition to create multiples of the same weapon category. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've always wanted to create something that, that that's totally different. So, you know, in the next iteration of, you know, weapon styles that I'm that I'm going to be coming out with, I already have the six and a half inch that's in development. Eventually, I'm going to have a double bladed saber, 
And then eventually I'm gonna do the curved hilts, the cross guards, as much as I don't like to, but I'm gonna do the cross guards, all of them, you know, but each, each different weapon category, I'm only really ever gonna do one. I might do a second one if I feel froggy, but it, it's only ever gonna be one type because I feel that you can get and you can do the best version of that weapon type and that's what I would recommend to someone. I don't yeah. I don't want to have to worry about recommending 15 different types of the same exact weapon category and saying, "All right, which one looks looks cool to you?" Because at that point, it's the difference between someone going into a going into a car lot and saying, "Okay, well, you know, which which car is going to look cool for me to drive in?" instead of saying, "Which car is the best option to get me from point A to point B that's going to last 15 years because I don't have enough money to buy a new car every 2 months." You know, and that's the difference between someone buying like a Hyundai or, you know, a Lexus or whatever. So for me, the Slayer needed to be something different. It needed to be something that someone can instantly just fall in love with as soon as they pick it up. That was, that has a different feel from the Persuader. Mm-hmm. So oh, I totally started different. off with, I started off by saying, all right, I want this small choke. So I have a small choke right at the top, right right where the, the suba is. And the main reason why I have that is so that me personally, I can go suba less. Yeah. And I can still have full control of the weapon. And it can still feel sleek. Full disclosure, in official SMAF-sponsored tournaments at the moment, we do outlaw subas without special permission. Uh, mostly because... I don't really care what anybody says. They tend to break blades. Um, they will. They will break break blades. They. Yeah. I've, I've personally seen it break blades. Yeah, and heavy grade blades are hard to break. So things that break heavy grades are things that we generally watch out for. But we have had people get special permission to use them, especially like the the suba that comes uh, standard on the Slayer, the smaller suba, classy looking suba, and not really obtrusive in terms of like if a blade hit that i don't think it would do a ton of damage to that blade versus one where it's like three and a half to four inches wide if you're in a league where that is legal go for it i don't care what you do and if you like the look of that thread it on after the tournament if you're in a tournament that doesn't allow it no big deal nobody cares um let let that be the way you wear it on your belt nobody cares um but Zuba versus choke versus cover attack versus I guess I guess um with the slayer I I can attest that it's kind of one of those everybody falls in love with it right away weapons and I think my my one student Becky who who got both versions also both the persuader and the slayer and if you got a few hundred bucks laying around I say that kind of flippantly but if you've got a few hundred bucks buy each Buy the Persuader and the Slayer. And if you decide that you only want one, there will be no shortage of people that will buy one of these from you. <laughs> um, no shortage. Um, but you, the Slayer really is like an everybody falls in love with a weapon. The Persuader has a unique distinction to me, which is that it instantly feels like a lightsaber. Yes. The Slayer feels like a martial arts weapon in this case, a lightsaber, but it could kind of be any martial arts weapon. It just feels 
martial artsy. All you, all you have to do is either add the extension or change the blade size, and it can instantly become a totally different weapon. And the balance changes incrementally with the amount of inches you change on the blade, but the persuader feels like you're in a Star Wars movie when you hold this thing. It feels like a lightsaber that you got tossed by your Jedi buddies in the Geonosis arena and you just ignite this freaking thing <laughs> and you just instantly that. know how it works. Like I, I think about yeah. the in-sync guys, supposedly they were almost in attack of the clones, right? And they got decked out in Jedi garb and they were going to swing lightsabers around in the background. Um, and I can just imagine them getting handed something that looks kind of like a persuader by the stunt crew and going here, boys, have at it, you know, and them just instantly feeling <laughs> like they, they knew how it worked. And that's the Persuader. If you're a Star Wars fan, I recommend the Persuader. If you're a martial artist, I recommend the Slayer. If you've got a few bucks laying around, I recommend you get one of each. And you get varied blade lengths. Don't get the same length blade. You can swap the blades between weapons, but get two different length blades. Which brings us to an interesting question. What kind of blade? What, let's talk about blades a little bit. <laughs> so I was I was going to bring this up a while ago, but this is actually a good, good place to, to bring it up because we kind of talk about every aspect of the saber and how it's going to function. So the blades are a very special category. Not a lot of people give the blade selection so much credit, but the blade selection determines everything everything i have changed my blades and i will constantly change my blades i mean i mean not not during a, a fight but let's say that i'm going to a competition or i'm, or I'm going towards like a tournament or, or i'm going into like a, a choreography stage thing i will bring multiple types of blades and blade sizes because i'm not sure which one is going to actually work the best for whatever I feel like even doing, whatever style I feel like doing. So just, well, I'll, I'll separate the two basic categories because for me, I, I deal with multiple combat leagues, academies, groups, fighting clubs. So the main one that everyone's kind of familiar with or, or at least has experience in is going to be the heavy grade blade. It comes at um, one-eighths inch thick polycarbonate tube, and it's one inch diameter. And that's, that, that's all you need to determine whether or not you have a heavy grade blade or not, as long as it's one-eighth inch thick. Well, and I think and that's the standard terminology one. too, right? Like they don't call it anything else but heavy grade, do they? Um, I've heard it called thick-walled. Thick-walled, Okay. So what you don't want, though, is like if you're looking on the ruler and you see that that measurement takes up one, maybe two ticks on the ruler, you got too thin of a blade. You want three to four ticks on the ruler. Does that sound about right? Or or more. (laughs) (laughs) What's that? Depends on the ruler. Well, okay. Yeah. So you you. You don't want it to be just a little bit past, right? You want you want a few ticks on the ruler. And some blades 
have diffuser film in them as well, which affects everything. Um, diffuser. Uh, so, so there's, so there's a diffuser film and then there's, um, cheese oh, from TCSS. They have that diffuser tube. It's like a secondary the, tube. Yeah. Yes. So I would, that thing is awesome. I, I'm not sure if they call it tube or if they call it film, but, um, I'm going to say that there's, so, so there's, there's like clear film and, and it's basically, um, if you've, if you've ever had like gift wrapping, or any like basket that you need to wrap up. That's basically what it is. It's just rolled up consecutively, several rolls, and you just slide that into the blade. Those are usually like if you're getting a clear blade, a clear plastic blade, they're usually going to be brighter. If you're getting something with a little more milky white, opaque diffusion or blade color, it's going to be a fuller looking blade overall. It'll look really good on camera when the battery's charged. Um, but it's not going to be quite as bright overall. It's not going to be popping quite as much, but it's going to have that full lightsaber look to it. So they're both kind of, they're both, anyway, the diffuser tube, if you can get that, I think custom saber shop sells the, I think it's like their, their standard combat grade. Yeah, you go to the custom saber shop dot, dot com. I don't know if you want to be able to plug this or not, but I don't, well, is that, is that what you use on your blades? I actually don't have one of your blades. I need to buy one of your blades. So I do not I do not use the the diffuser tube. Talk about for, your blades a little one, bit. One main reason. So I I use uh trans trans white because instead of using using clear, mainly because I've I've personally had a lot better experience, especially from a new person, from overall people seem to love a trans white more than they do a clear blade. And this is just, just, just strictly preference. Yeah. Um, aesthetic um, preference. I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Personally, people might love a clear blade because of what, of what it offers, because you kind of have that, that solid blade. And then you have that little bit of a buffer and then you kind of have that, like um, that glow effect, a little swell from to the bottom of it. Right. Yeah. And some people love that. Some people really, really do love that and appreciate that. But for when you're doing film, for when you're doing stunt choreo, for when you're doing flow work, for when you're doing whatever, if you have that blade on a camera, it doesn't look well at all. It's going to look dim. It's going to look, it's going to look very, very like, almost like flushed, you know, instead of looking full in color. So the, the, the trans white from what I've personally experienced, you do, it does look a little bit brighter. Um, to add to that to that brightness, because you are dealing with an LED at one end, and then you have a little mirror from the from from the blade cap at the other end. So to add that to get it a little bit more fuller, um, I do film the trans white blades. Some people don't, but I feel like it definitely enhances it. And honestly, it's just a small little add-on that adds for the enhancement of the blade. It depends on where you get them from, too. Like. If you get a, a blade from, just because of my own experience, if you get a blade from Ultra Sabers, they tend to put a ton of diffuser film in there. That being said, the blades are very strong. I have not had one of my Ultra Sabers blades break. One tip fell off, easy fix, but they, they make really good heavy grade blades. Um, and they if you're into like a heavy feel, like an actual heavy weight blade, Ultra Sabres has heavyweight blades. They're very heavyweight. They control well, but they are 
blade heavy because of all that damn diffuser film. They look good though, and they they're um, strong. On the other hand, I've not bought a Saber Forge blade because I, sorry Saber Forge, I just can't get behind your prices. Um, overall, yeah, they're it's it's it, it's very very expensive and for no reason at all. I. I try and stay competitive, so I look at what what everyone else is offering. So I so I try and stay somewhat competitive to the actual prices versus versus for me how much how much the actual cost of materials are. Mm-hmm. You want something that's going to stand up regardless of what you're doing, and you yeah. don't want to um, have it break. You don't want to pay too much for it. There, you know, human beings, we want certain things. And if we don't get them, we get huffy, but your blade is expendable, but it's also what makes the lightsaber, the lightsaber. So, and it's also very, very important too. Well, and that comes down to the design of your hilts too. You have what's considered a very deep, we call it blade retention, which means let's say you get a saber from, a replica company okay and it's got a removable blade or or maybe they make combat grade sabers but replicas are really their main thing or shelf queens are really their main thing and you get a, a removable blade and it sits at about two inches into the hilt um which is fine for flow which is fine for um just having a lightsaber to go to the movies with or something like that but it, it ain't going to cut it after a while with combat. It's going to start to feel janky in your hand. It's going to start to loosen up and it's going to throw your balance off a little bit because that's a lot of weight down there at the tip of the blade. So having what you have is about three and a half to four and a half inches of blade retention, depending on the hilt you get and what internals you get. Um, mm-hmm. And what that means is that if you're holding the saber in what I would call standard form one style or beginner style with your hand close to the emitter you're holding on to the blade you're not holding on to air under aluminum you're holding on to the blade and that means that your control is going to be three thousand percent better than before like that extra two to three inches is not just you know uh it's not relative to the amount of inches how much better you're going to get it's exponentially related to the amount of control you're going to get i'm gonna i'm gonna get technical because i i i i'm i don't that's what we're here for myself this is smithy's anvil this is what we're here for yeah i don't want to i don't want to like you know gloat a lot but back when i was in in school i took advanced physics i took advanced chemistry i took all the the really nerdy sciencey, all those classes. And the one thing that sticks out to me when I'm talking about blade length is torque. And when you're, when you're, so, I mean, this is, this is a, a basic concept. If you are fixing a tire or if you are um, holding onto a wrench and you're, and you're turning something and you're only turning it when you are so so close towards the actual screw you're really not going to get all that all that much much power but the further you get towards 
the end is so much more powerful, so much exponentially powerful that you have that, that solid of a grip on there. When you're dealing with a lightsaber now, if you don't have a solid grip on, on, on the main, the main tool, the main part of the lightsaber that yeah, the blade itself, not the hilt, right? It's the blade. Yeah. And I never, I never understood. And this is what happened when I bought my first lightsaber from another company is I never understood why they only had two inches of length and then why they had the main handle towards the bottom. Because I'm looking at this thing and I say, I can't fight with this. Well, I think when they made the replicas originally, like the master replicas and stuff, that's probably a lot of the reason why the blades were a little more full tang and were not removable is because they wanted something that you could whirl around and totally be a nerd in the living room with, but weren't going to like call them up two days later and be like, yo, my, my stuff broke here. What's up with this? <laughs> but they were not removable blades because they had to have no. all that retention and there was no way to do it back then where you could get that much. Honestly, there's not many people doing it to the level I don't think anybody's doing it quite to the level you're doing it and we've talked about this on the show before but let's bring it back to the persuader in question that you're theoretically buying all over the course of this whole episode you nailed down that you're getting a red blade you nailed down that you're getting a cover tech because it looks like star wars and that's what you really want because that's your experience with lightsabers you're getting the persuader because it looks and feels like a star wars weapon and you are looking at these blade lengths and you're going i don't don't know and you see that like you're going to need to subtract what three and a half inches from what you're ordering so if the what you order is 40 inches what you're going to see from the edge of the emitter is 37 ish inches or 36 ish inches which is actually a really good amount of blade for combat that's a fair bit of blade for combat a lot of places that's maximum length is 36 inches from emitter um if you're doing flow or something like that i recommend you get a little bit smaller blade a little bit shorter blade um something where the balance is going to be a lot closer to where the emitter meets the blade versus a tip heavy longer blade or a pommel heavy or butt heavy shorter blade when you get a really short blade like 24 inch blade you're really talking about something that all the weight is in the hilt which if you're in like filipino martial arts and you decide to get a short blade, you're probably going to be pretty deadly after a while. You're going to understand how that thing works, and you're going to fight your way around longer blades, no problem. If you're somebody who does HEMA, a lot of rapier, go ahead and get a longer blade and and really figure out how to use it the way you're used to before you start exploring other options. If you have no clue, I don't know, 34 inches, that sound about right? So this is this is a tough one. Um, blade blade length. Um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back a little bit. So this is this is something that I literally had no idea what I wanted, what to get, no, recommendation, no recommendations at all. And I'm not gonna go with what I originally did 
because that was the stupidest mistake that I could ever do, is I took up my uh, katana and I measured it and I said, this is about right. And then I got it and I'm like, this is not right at all. This can't work. Uh, yeah, so it makes I me laugh because I did that to you. Not doing that at all. That makes me laugh. I was like, <laughs> the Slayer's about the same length as my But honestly, I mean, I'm coming from a place where I know what I'm looking for in a sword at this point. Somebody who doesn't know what they're looking for in a sword, don't don't start doing that stuff. <laughs> Somebody that does does not know. So I would say one of two things. One, contact me. Number two, yes. if you're part of a uh, a league or a sport academy contact or a them foundation. and see what they recommend or a foundation <laughs> Saber Martial Arts Foundation uh, you can you can contact them and they'll they'll give you the best input because they've probably either already seen you you've probably maybe already been to an event you've probably maybe already held a lightsaber and they can give you some feedback versus you just looking at something and saying Oh, 38 sounds like a cool number, so I'll go with 38. Or maybe I'll go with a 40 inch and then I'll cut it down. You don't want to have to worry about that. You know, um, if you don't have that at all, if you don't have any resources whatsoever, if you've never held a lightsaber and you just reach out to me, or you don't want to reach out to me, what I would say is stand up with no shoes on, stand up, and then measure from where you where your waist is all the way down to the ground and minus seven inches because you're hovering, because you're, you're, you're getting a, a persuader. So you want a minus seven inches. That should be your ideal blade length for majority of people that are like five, 10, you know, like five, five, eight, they're going to average out to about a 34 inch blade average. Um, for people that are a little bit shorter, they're going to probably get maybe a 30 inch blade. You know, and that's that's probably going to be a little bit more comfortable for them. But the thing is, and I I say that, and then I usually say, all right, you might want to maybe, you know, depending on what you're doing, you might want to take off a couple inches. So if you're going to do flow work, take off a, a couple inches because I guarantee you, when you're starting it off, you'll snag. That blade is going to nick nick the floor, and it, yep, and it's just going to mess up everything. It's going to mess up the blade, the blade tip, and your confidence. Come off as, <laughs> That's yeah, your confidence yeah. too. <laughs> but you know what too? Um, you don't want to go super short, even though yes. it, yeah. un- unless you're like, that's a combat tactic. Like, like I said, maybe you're training with a Shoto style where you're really using a short, short blade for a tactical reason. Uh, by all means, you probably already know what you're looking for in a blade at that point. But if you're going too short, something to think about is you won't see a whole ton of lightsaber blade as you're moving that thing around. You're just not going to see a lot of blade and you want to see as much blade as you can see while being able to control the weapon. Um, okay. Let's really quickly persuader. You said average person about five ten, maybe 34 inches in this one right now. I have a 30, one inch blade i believe and this blade was made for me to 31 inches for a different saber um but i put it in here because this one i use one-handed a little more so i want the balance a little more back in the hilt okay so from the emitter it's about what 28 inches 27 inches 28 20 27 inches yeah so that's actually a really good 
one-handed blade length. A lot of historical yes. swords have blade lengths of about that for one-handed swords. Um, this Slayer here has a 33-inch blade, which really only gives me another inch or two over top of the Persuader blade. So from the emitter on this one, it's about 29 inches. Okay. Um, what does that mean for me? Well, that means those extra two inches really don't do anything bad when I go to like a jar kai or two sabers. I can they they feel very even in my grip if I put the one in the strong hand that's a little heavier and I put the weak hand the little lighter saber then I can balance quickly but if I go with just one saber I don't have to change my style that much it really just comes down to how many hands I'm putting on the hilt when the actual fighting style and range and measure and timing to use Sifu Venable again, um, that doesn't change if the blade is just minute differences. Now, if you're fighting in a category like an exotics division, then you have some calculations to do with your blades because as you change the hilt type and how long or short the hilt's going to be, especially like a pike or a double blade or you're using two weapons, then you really have some math to do on your on your stuff. And again, if you're at that point, you're probably not just the average Star Wars fan buying their first Persuader anymore. Yeah. Now, did you want to get into forms a little bit for? Because because I can I can get in get into forms for 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 blade lengths. So I do want to like do this a little more like next next time or or another time we do this. I want to like talk a little more specifically about each form and the saber we might be talking about that. Anyway, but okay. I do want to I'll, I'll gloss just, I'll over the forms here. Yeah, I I would love that. Yeah. I would love that. So so starting off with just let's say you're a brand new person you're going to learn shicho just a standard blade length it's probably going to be like you said 30 34 inches you can maybe go to 36 i'm sorry to interrupt are we still person. sticking with a persuader or are we going whether you choose persuader, persuader or slayer no no still no, persuader. no we're still just sticking okay. with the and with again the if you're just a star wars fan i recommend this one because it's the most lightsabery of the two it's going to feel the most the most comfortable and the most the the most easy saber to adjust to virtually almost anything that you'd like to do in the future. If you want to get into flow work, if you want to get into choreo, you know. Um, so yeah, I would I would say you know go with a thirty four inch length. You really can't go wrong there. Um, for someone that's a little bit more of more of a, sh a shorter person, a five 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 two height you might feel comfortable with a 30 inch, you know? And that's just, you know, you traditionally just learning Shicho starting off. If you wanna get into Makashi, if you wanna do more of like a one-handed style, that's when you want to do more of a shorter blade so that the weight is definitely in the hilt, not in the tip of the blade, because that's gonna give you a lot of control with one one-handed. And what that does is, especially because the Persuader has such a deep blade socket, when you go to strike, you can manipulate someone's blade so much better because you have so much more blade already existing in the hilt because you're holding it towards the emitter. You can, you can do so much more blade manipulation and that all depends on the length of your blade. 
the shorter the blade, the more blade manipulation that you can do. But again, yeah, diminishing sorry, returns because you don't want to be so far out of range if you're doing combat. Yes, exactly. So it's kind of like a little, a little happy medium. So for a Makashi user, I would say stick with a 32 and under mm. and you will mm -hmm. get fantastic results. Yep. Um, someone that's more of Sarisu, you can kind of get away with going a little bit longer, but that's all about your, your preference. You could do almost anything with Sarisu. Right. It's kind of like the catch-all. Depending on how tight the defense is to your actual body and how tight your movements are to your actual body or how much you like to be mobile, I think you can get away with a lot of different blade lengths. I like to toss it up and say, if you like to do a lot of flow work, a lot of a lot of spins, a lot of free free movement and defense, you can kind of get away with doing a 30, 32, 34, 36 mm -hmm. inch blade, whatever you really feel comfortable with. If you want to do a taro, that's when you want to kind of step back and really go with more of a shorter blade length, in my opinion. That's what I found people are better off with. Mm -hmm. I have an interesting comment on this, but I want to hear why you say shorter. Um, I kind of go both ways on Ataru. I, I don't go middle, though, and I'll talk about that. Okay. I To me, I would like to go shorter. Um, not not as short as Makashi, but I want to find a very, a very nice happy balance because for Ataru, I want to let the saber do the work. And... If I can let the saber do do the work, it needs to be balanced. It needs to be like really, really, really closely balanced. I absolutely agree. Here's the thing I'm going to say for a, the argument I'm going to make for a long blade about Ataru. And this is why I say I don't really go middle. I kind of go, I, I tend to cheat short. But um, if I need, like if let's say I'm fighting somebody really big who's got a good defense. I don't want to be inside of their defense at all. So yeah. I'm going to go a little more Ataru. Um, I'm, I kind of stay in form five most of the time, but I'm going to cheat Ataru a little bit and I'm going to cheat to the longer blade because I know that the closer I get, the more danger I'm in with this particular person mm -hmm. versus maybe someone else who just form too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I just want to like stay a little further away, but what's also going to change is, and this is something for people to consider whether they're experienced or not, as the, I get longer with the blade, my movements in my hilt get smaller and smaller and smaller so that the reaction at the tip of the blade is just as big as if I was moving a smaller blade, but I don't have to waste any energy because it's automatically a lot heavier and the balance is going to be kind of, I'm playing catch up with the hilt all the time. So I'm going to use pommel control a lot more. That's where a cover tech might come in handy a lot more. I'm going to do a two-handed Ataru. And I'm going to treat it like I've got like just a pokey laser that you're, if you, if I get close enough, I'm going to poke the crap out of you. Um, but that's my argument for a long blade. Now, the only reason why I say... The only reason why I say you 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 can kind of get away with not going with a cover check is because the persuader itself, the way that it's designed, and I still have this for the Slayer too, is the pommel. The pommel angles. So the pommel is just 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 a little bit bigger on the overall diameter, 
but then the pommel angles in deeper than the overall hilt. And what that gives you is that gives you a nice, that gives you a nice solid, a solid grip. So you can do a lot of that fancy work that, that you were talking about. And you can kind of do that just with ease. It, it kind of just comes to you as soon as you hold the, I mean, I, that's what the pommel on a real sword is designed, is designed for is to help you counterbalance, counterweight, counter adjust. And this, the, I, I kind of do it the pinky test, right? If I can put my whole pinky in there comfortably in that, in that fluting or that taper, then I know that I've got enough control to manipulate the tip of the blade very easily, you know? Um, and it doesn't matter which finger you use. If you can get a good, eighth to a quarter inch of your finger pad into that groove then you know you're gonna have a ton of control that saber is not going anywhere that you don't want it to go so long blade short blade um if we're talking about the persuader um the longer you go the further back on the hilt and the smaller your motions have to be on the hilt if you're going to go with a shorter blade you can get away with those bigger ataru motions bigger body motions and a lot more energy expended because you're not wasting energy holding up a heavier blade so let's go to form five because this could kind of go either way too and we could go explore both ways so let's talk about gem so specifically because Shien is kind of an interesting topic in its own right yeah, yeah, I don't, so I, I I think we should, I mean, we can, we can definitely talk on Xi'an, but um, the more, the more popular one is always going to be Gemso. That's Anakin's um, form, of course, it's, and it's badass. It's the one that you see <laughs> most often, you know, it's, it's the one that you see Vader doing, it's the one that you see Luke doing for a long time. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> so... For that, you want your power to be more towards the blade. In my opinion, you want your power to be more towards the blade because whenever you do a strike, you don't want to just stop. You want to be able to strike and strike through your opponent. So you want a lot of that power to be towards the blade, and that's where a heavy grade can come into handy. That's that's where you know you can get away with doing your 36, 38, yeah, yeah. 38 blade lengths. And you're going to and use two hands a little more often with Gemso. Two hands. Yeah. So, I mean, you can do a one-handed Gemso. We saw it from um, Kevin from SDS in that episode. You commentated with a Spark Hives episode. And yeah. one-handed Gemso is is basically a, a hard-assed Makashi um, with, a little, yeah. with a little Seresu shell added to it, you know? Um, it's, it's very Makashi, though. And... Um, if we're talking about Gemso with a persuader, that might be a little more the way you go anyway. And maybe like a 34 inch, 35 inch, 36 inch blade is going to be the sweet spot. Um, even with a one handed, you could get away with 36, I think. But if you're going to go two handed Gemso, I'm, and, and that's kind of your lane, I might just say go with a Slayer. I might just throw yeah, it up to you that way. You might you will feel a hundred percent more comfortable holding a Slayer. That's if you're an experienced Gemso user. The pommel on the Slayer yeah. is designed for form one and form five. I just think that that Slayer is so form one, form five. Um, and even like, if we're talking about the style of Ataru, we were just discussing that pommel control was very, very good. So, you know, uh, that's just something to throw out there. Now, let's say you're doing Xi'an and reverse gripper. Otherwise, the persuader is a very good Xi'an weapon. 
Shien in and of itself is more leaning towards the Seresu realm than Makashi. And it's more about redirecting the uh, very Aikido sort of sensibilities, redirecting the opponent's attacks to be dangerous to them instead of you. So um, I think the Persuader is great because there's a ton of control with it. And it really doesn't matter what blade length you want, but you want a ton of control. So maybe cheat smaller again. And I think we're sort yeah, of... I would, yeah, I would probably go with a solid 30, 34 inch. It's perfect for, for, for uh, Shein. Which is, again sort of like now becoming the standard size 34 inch is kind of the sweet spot. Um, you get a solid 30 inches of blade. It's a good catch all, you know, cause, cause you can perfect. Well, I wouldn't say perfect cause you really can't ever perfect anything cause everything's constantly changing. Well, pursuit wrong, of perfection. You can right? definitely be a very good practitioner. Yeah. You can be a good practitioner in Shicho, Sereso, Shien and I mean maybe even Ataru if you're more of like that 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 heavier style Ataru user you can get away with doing a 34 inch blade for pretty much the majority of those regardless of your your stature you know how tall you are how you carry yourself 34 kind of seems to lead to like a really good sweet spot I typically will recommend starting off i'll recommend going with a 36 inch blade yeah and that's only because of the of the the leagues the foundations no it's a competitive length it's, it's a good reason and that's the length i think that they kind of are expected to be on screen like when you look at a lightsaber in the movies looks like about 30 about inches from the emitter 32 inches from the emitter so 36 yep. is kind of like your, so if you're a cosplayer and maybe you are thinking about getting a shelf queen, or maybe you're trying to deck your persuader or your slayer out with a little bit of extra, like a Sukumaki wrap or something like that, go with a 36 inch blade. Cause it's going to look real clean, you know, real, real clean. Um, and I still say go with a heavy grade because you want to have fun in the movie theater parking lot with your buddies. Now, I do want to touch on the the other type of blade. And yeah, other, please do. The other type of blade is is just strictly about whatever whatever um, combat requirements or combat um, regulations you want to follow. So if you are affiliated with SMAF, you're going to want to use a heavy grade. If you're affiliated with TSL, the Saber Legion, you're going to want to use a heavy grade. However, if you're going more towards FFE rules or TPLI, um, you're going to want to use a specific blade, which is a two millimeter thick blade. And I don't say two millimeter thick to be like, this is a thick walled blade. It's actually considered more of the sweet spot between thick and thin wall. Sort of a medium thin wall grade. Thin is, is 116th. Yeah, yeah, it's more of that medium grade. Most, most companies don't even offer a two millimeter blade because huh. it's a metric. What is a, <laughs> like mid-grade is a catch-all term. Mid-grade, mid-grade is actually lightweight. So mid-grade is one, one, one sixteenth. <laughs> That's why all my mid-grades are for crap. I only know of three I only know of three combat groups that that actually combat with mid-grade blades and they strictly do choreography. That's all they do. So it's all on a controlled hits. It's nothing, you know, you know, full full speed or full force. 
It's just choreo. I won't say none of the SMAF affiliates because even in our tournament regulations and things, we we don't have mid grades allowable in competition, but we acknowledge that in training you can pretty much use whatever you want. Um, and in training, a lot of times we do use mid grades. Some some of our schools and some of our affiliates just because, like, if let's just say you're worried about your heavy grade breaking, maybe you only have one tournament grade blade. That's hard to say. Um, and you, you can't afford or you didn't get a chance to order or it didn't come in in time, your other blade or something. Train with a mid-grade because, you know, maybe the person you're training with, if you have a partner, they should have a mid-grade too at that point because you don't want to be yes, whacking mid to yes. heavy. They're not compatible I'm like gonna that. Say, I'm going to say a big disclaimer here. If you don't know which weapon to choose and you're not a part of any combat group and you're looking to fight your friend, pick whatever blade size, sorry, whatever blade blade type your friend is using. Otherwise, a blade is going to get snapped. One way or another, it's going to get snapped. Yes, that's an important thing that nobody ever thinks about. Nobody ever thinks about this, myself included. I like just dueled with a mid-grade against a heavy one night just because it was all that was laying around but that ended up being a problem because <laughs> now we only have one blade <laughs> so <laughs> i i think i think for everybody it's actually more beneficial to train with a heavy grade it's actually more beneficial to to fight with a heavy grade it's actually more safe it's actually more realistic in terms of martial arts but if you're in a system that uses mid or light grade or whatever, um, I I just would say make sure that, like you said, everybody's blades are compatible with each other. Don't start going yes. in there with the wrong caliber. It's the number one important thing. Yeah, if you walk into a, a TPLA group with a heavy grade blade, they're going to say, all right, let's switch it out because they, number one, do not want their their blades cracked and they don't want you being too dangerous the reason why right. they choose two millimeter is very very specific and it and it, and it goes with along with the rule set that ffe rules have right now i'm never going to say that you know a heavy grade is better than a two millimeter blade because that's just not true and that's just never going to be practical it, it's it, it's how you're fighting and what you're using that yeah that tool for but the greatest thing is if you want to jump between different leagues, all you got to do is switch out the blades. That's all you got to do. It's, it's very simple. It's so easy. And that, that brings us back to, like we said, the blade is kind of expendable. It's, it's all about the crystal, right? The, the weapon hasn't changed. If you choose to change the blade, the weapon itself is the same. The things you do with it might, might shift, might tweak, might, change altogether depending on if you're like a form chameleon and you can switch among many different forms frequently but the blade itself so easy to swap and if canon is your thing and it drives your canon ocd nuts to swap blades there are lots of jedi in canon that had adjustable lengths and intensities on their blades <laughs> blades that changed color uh based on the settings and all these types of things. So don't get your nerd panties in a twist. You'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> You'll be fine. The I I have right here, I got this little sword bag. This is a black fake leather 
sword bag with some cheap velvety red inlay. And in this bag, I can keep like six to eight blades. All heavy grades or mid grades, doesn't matter. They're all the same diameter, one inch in diameter. And I can keep as many blades as I want with me. When I traveled to California to do some of the SMAF tournaments and things, I just brought this little thing, packed my hilts up in my backpack. The security guards thought they were pipe bombs until they realized they were lightsabers. And just like we said at the beginning, then it became instantly they were Obi-Wan Kenobi with my stuff in the, uh, in the, in the security checkpoint. And uh, they, the blades themselves, I have no two blades are the same length in this bag. I think right now I have six blades total, including the two on my sabers. No two are the same lengths. And I have one mid-grade just in case. Just in case I'm going with somebody who's using a lighter grade than I am, or just in case I'm out at the movie theater and I want the brightest blade possible. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, look, we kind of dabbled a lot. This is our first time doing this particular segment. I think we should maybe kind of start wrapping it up, but I want to talk a little more about the Slayer next time. Um, and I think that'll be a little more martial artsy talk because, a lot more, yeah, yeah uh, that really is now getting to more specialization. Um, it's a weapon that everybody can feel good using, but it's a little more specialized. So when we do these in the future, I think we'll be a little less scatterbrained, but I think it went pretty well. And I think that people can send us questions anytime. We, we didn't cover form six and seven. Again, don't get your nerd panties in a twist. If we got forms one through five, form six, do the math. You know what form six is about. It's the jack of all trades. I'm going to go out there and say you should never start off using form six or seven. You probably should never start off with using form five or four or three. I, I agree. Or two. But, you know, you should never start off with using forms, form six or seven. If well, by you, definition, you can't start with form six. You, you can't start form six. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you should always get that practice. And once you're at that level, when you're using form six or seven, it's tailored to you. That's right. So bl use whatever blade size you want. Yeah. By that, that time, so you if, should have a couple if, sabers. If you too. really need a specific blade length for using for form six or seven, it's it's going to be user preference. It's whatever you feel comfortable using because blade because form form six is yours and form seven is going to be yours as well too, in my opinion. And it's the opponent in the match that you're into. I mean, if you're in a tournament setting, you're going yeah. to be looking to maximize certain advantages versus if you're just training, you're just trying to accomplish certain goals. That's that's the difference. Right. Um, okay, so let's say keysabers.com. If you've already bought lightsabers in the past and you're super frustrated with them breaking, uh, keysabers.com. If you've never bought a lightsaber and you need something to mess around with, get a combat-grade chassis, please, for your first one. Think about sound later. I Just my personal recommendation. I don't want to take money out of your pocket, Kyle, but for the average Star Wars nerd getting into this, if they're thinking about dabbling in martial arts, which is the topic of this show, then... Get a stunt chassis and get a key saber, persuader, or slayer. If you're going to order a lightsaber from me and you are not using it for show, for for something that you can have on your shelf, if you're going to be using this for combat, order stunt. 
do not order sound. You will heavily, heavily, um, unless you're experienced, you will heavily regret ordering sound for your combat saber. I will never recommend it. If you tell me I'm using this for combat, I will, I will hound you and figure out exactly why you want to use sound so that I can convince you not to use sound. And that's, that's not me selling stunt because I will make a lot more money if I sell you sound. Oh, a I'm lot more. I'm not doing this for money. I'm, I'm doing this so that you never have to call me and contact me or go to some other site and rant about how, how distasteful your experience has been. I want you to have the experience that I never had initially buying a, a lightsaber. So I will never talk you into getting sound when you do not need sound, when it is not required. I will 100% talk you into getting stunned. That is something I'm so happy you said it so emphatically towards the end of the episode because that's a point I want people to go home with after listening to this. Beyond just the topic of sound versus not sound or what looks cool or what feels good or what is good for combat, like just just start with the basics. Shicho in all things. If it's technique, Shicho technique. If it's the saber style, the the design of the hilt, something that is basic and will will teach you and help you train efficiently. That's all you need. And it's not expensive, okay? If you do visit sabermartialarts.life and fill out an application, you become eligible for special pricing through key sabers, which to me just means go ahead and buy something else. Maybe get a second color chassis so that if you're cosplaying or if you're doing choreography and you need to be the bad guy, spend 40 bucks on another stunt chassis and just swap colors when you need to switch jobs, you know, or buy the extra blade that we're talking about. Buy two lengths of blade with your saber. And that's exactly the type of thing you should be doing. And then from there, if you still don't know what you're doing with that thing, good thing you filled out the application on sabermartialarts.life and hopefully got voted in because we've got lots of teachers who are just just bursting at the seams to share what they can share with you. And it doesn't cost you anything. And if does cost you something to buy a lightsaber, but it's not going to cost you over and over and over and over again. I've spent well over a thousand dollars on lightsabers that have broken. And I've spent <laughs> just a couple hundred bucks from Kyle. Um, and neither of these things, I've been beating the crap out of a cottonwood with them and nothing seems to break them. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to do like, like a final little like plug for, Hey man, this is your segment. <laughs> so if you go to keysavers.com, there's one particular option that I, that I really, I really felt passionate about adding to the website. Cause I didn't want my website just to be, you know, go here, buy lightsabers. It's cool. It's fun. People can talk about them, whatever, you know, I want it to kind of be like, like a global collective of just cool nerdy ideas and ways that you can get in contact with a lot of these different combat groups. So if you go to my website under the top tab and you click on, click on community and then you scroll down, you can click on partner companies. There's a lot of stuff in podcasts and media too. Um, there's a lot of different YouTube videos. There's a lot of shows that are on there where we, we pretty much just nerd out and talk about lightsabers. 
I have the Saber Martial Arts Foundation podcast plugged in there. So if you need a direct link, you can go right to there too. Um, but under community, you can see a lot of partner companies. And these are all different, different organizations that I'm affiliated with that I recommend if you're a brand new person, whatever area that you might be in, check these people out because they work with me. I work with them. I get a lot of ideas from them in order to change, tweak, alter, and then create something brand new. So the Slayer was a baby child from watching and seeing a lot of Saber Legion fights. So the weapon was kind of, I've always wanted to create a martial arts weapon. And that's kind of how the Slayer birthed itself up. And then I wanted to have it be modifiable so that it can kind of fit and tailor virtually anyone as to what they want to do. And ironically, maybe not ironically, but prophetically, you know, you guys found me. Mm -hmm. And now here we are. And the one thing that I would recommend for a Saber Mark, like an actual SMAP affiliate, Saber Martial Arts practitioner is get the Slayer. Yeah. You won't be disappointed with it. And we'll oh, talk I agree. about that later. I know? agree. Well, yes, we will. We're going to talk ad nauseum. Hopefully this segment and this show lasts for decades and decades <laughs> and centuries. But, um, you know, the, fa the fact that um, you say that is a testament to, again, your character as a business owner and as an artist who's making these tools for people that you um, you want them to have what's going to work for them. And if that means that you wait a little bit longer on your paycheck or that maybe you don't sell a specific chassis that's more expensive and would be nice to have in your bank account, but you've made something for somebody, I feel like you're the type of person that seems to think those things pay themselves back in dividends. Oh, 100%. And this is, this is something that a lot of people can, can either see or, or I might say because I do a lot of fangirling a lot. I love my customers and I will fangirl oh, yeah, over you my customers so much because like, so for me, I, I've, I've never been like the, the type of person to really want a lot of notice and a lot of like, you know, a, a appreciation praise and, you know, all these, all these accolades. I've always been the shy person in the background that just wants to control things from, from, from that perspective, but the actual showstopper, the talker, the person up front, I want that to be someone totally different. I never wanted, wanted that to be me. Number one, I have a stutter problem. So I've never been a great speaker. Um, it's probably shown a, a, a couple of times here, but I have practiced a lot with, with speech impediment coaches. So I'm very thankful for that. I had um, no clue. But, Zero clue. Well, well that's, that's a testament to their, to their, there you, go. Um, you know, teaching. So, um, but I've, I've always felt, even if I've created the weapon for you, you're still the user. So how great the weapon works is not a testament to me. It's a testament to you. It's a testament to how you use it. And if you use it well, you know, so I, I've heard a couple of podcasts after me and people say that, you know, they got this persuader and they won so many competitions with it. And I'm like, yes, that's awesome. That's beautiful. But at the same time, I don't want a brand new person to sit there and say, well, I need a persuader in order to win. Right, right, no. right. You need it. 
it's great to get a to get a persuader because I will say yes. You know, I love making weapons that don't break. However, you need to have proper discipline and proper teaching and be coachable and be relatable and be open and honest and say, this is what I want to do. Right. And then listen to an instructor to find out what you can do to do it safely, to do it practical and to do it the best of your ability. Because not every martial artist is the same. You know, what works for someone is not going to work for someone else. Well, just because we recommended that the martial artist style saber practitioner goes with a slayer by default doesn't mean that that's the right choice for them. No, not at all. Because clearly there's a member of SMAP that has rocked competitions with the persuader. You know, that's just what he found is the best tool for him. Yeah, exactly. And now he's using the slayer just because just because he wants like to try new tools and that's not bad either but have the one people who are new have the one figure out which one you want maybe get both because you like i said you got a little cash floating around or whatever um awesome go for it maybe you want to cosplay with two lightsabers you want to do your best ahsoka impression go for it get one of each it'll be great um and they look great on your belt get a cover tech you look great on your belt or don't get a cover tech and flow like crazy and let it spin all down your arm. Frictionless fun. <laughs> you know, it, it's all good. You need something that's totally affordable and not going to cause you problems. And, um, let's just say we won't disparage anybody. their saber smithing, but as saber martial arts foundation, <clears throat> our official recommendation from over 100 years of combined martial arts experiences, if you'd like to practice this at all as a martial art or even a martial sport or a martial form or martial choreography or martial in my bedroom after a shower in front of the mirror, get a key saber <laughs> because it's the closest thing to the real thing. So, uh, Kyle. That. Oh, for sure. Kyle, we will have you uh, do this segment with us coming up in the future. Next time, we'll talk a little bit more, maybe from a similar lens of like a beginner or a, or maybe someone slightly more experienced. We'll talk about the Slayer and how that might be something that that type of person's a little more interested in. Um, and then, you know, we'll see where the conversation goes from there. Um, yeah, man. Keysabers.com, K-I-S-A-B-E-R-S.com, excuse me, dot com. You can find Kyle on the SMAF website as well, sabermartialarts.life. I believe on the tab all the way on the right. Uh, I forget what it's under, but um, it's right there, and the podcast is right in the same drop-down menu with it. Um, Applications further to the left as you're looking at the menu there. But on Instagram, Keysabers. On Facebook, Keysabers. Do you Twitter, TikTok? You've got it all now. YouTube. I don't. I don't Twitter. I YouTube key savers, TikTok key savers. There's not a lot of um, footage that that I have. I just kind of have the basics. I've been a little busy um, making some babies with with my beautiful yeah, wife. So. Yeah, yeah, that is busyness. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> but hopefully I will be uh, producing a lot more stuff on uh, YouTube. But for now, it's mainly uh, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. You'll find a lot of stuff. So as I shamelessly for the 19th time say, if you're a SMAF affiliate, 
thank you. And uh, please, if you're not, fill out an application. Because if you do, Kyle is an individual affiliate of SMAF, and he's part of the practitioners group. He follows all our stuff on there. And if for no other reason you can't get a hold of him, for whatever whatever reason you can't get a hold of him, he's like the easiest dude to get a hold of, um, then go onto the practitioners page as an affiliate and chat with him through there. Um, so lots of fun stuff. You feature the artists of the week. Thank you for that, by the way. That was awesome to, uh, one of my yeah, students moms goes, man. Oh, you, you did this cool double saber kata on his homepage. And I was like, Oh, I did. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I hadn't seen it. You know, I don't watch my own self. <laughs> oh, I did, you know? And, uh, so I watched that earlier today. got a chuckle out of it because I was using those three sectional toys like you were talking about earlier. Um, yeah, yeah. I but thought it was awesome. The Artist of the Week is really cool. And for anybody that buys a saber from you that that ends up like having, you know, a little bit of a social media uh, experience or, or maybe they're just sharing their martial arts with your sabers and stuff, they may very well find themselves uh, – featured on your artist of the week which is so cool so cool to see I, these people i want to i want to tell a little bit of a story it's only gonna take like a couple minutes um the the very so the idea of artist of the week came to me because i've i've always been the type of person to want to give back the whole reason why i got into saber combat in the first place was i was partnered with well, not really partner with, but I was uh, I was a part of um, Saber Guild, and Saber Guild is a nonprofit organization, and they dress up, they do chore- um, choreographed fights, but they do it all for for donations to local children's hospitals, and that really touched me, in in, in like in like the soft parts of my nerdy heart because to dress up as as one of your favorite characters or to create a character yourself. And then to do that performance in front of a child, a child between the ages of, you know, you know, three to eight years old and to see their eyes light up, to see like them look at you and say, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm actually in the movies is an experience that you will never regret. If you've, if you've, if you've ever done any sort of charity work at all for, for kids or ever just taught a child, it's, it's such an unbelievable experience. And that really, really did like resonate in me. So I've, I've always felt this desire to just give back to the community any possible way that I, that I could. The best way that I found was to, was, was say, hey, there are, there are amazing artists. Whether you are an actual artist, painter, whether you are a sculptor, whether you are a saber martial artist, whether, whether you, you do flow work regardless of what it is, there are tons of people that are combining lightsabers with their art. Mm-hmm. And That's of, important one talk. First, one of the first artists that I had ever featured, this person, she, I don't believe she's a part of any affiliate group or organization, but she does flow work. And she just started doing it. You know, just within the past couple of years, maybe she just started doing it. Um, very much a beginner, but very, very eager to learn and always looking up different YouTube videos and stuff to, to learn from. And she had sent me a couple of videos of her just doing flow work with her new persuader. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like, this is really good. Like, you're actually getting very, very good. Like, you know, you know, how, how much have you practiced? And we started chatting back and forth. 
And I said, you know what? I think I should actually feature you. And that in turn spawned this idea of saying, hey, if people have video, if people have footage, if people have photos, whatever it is, if you're holding a, a key saver, let me know because I want to share what what you what, what what drives you, what what inspires you to want to pick up a lightsaber and do whatever it is that you do. And to kind of make a long story short, too late, um, <laughs> I eventually ended up contacting her and finding out that she does a lot more than just lightsaber stuff. And now I have one of her beautiful works of art featured on my wall. It's going to be featured at every single show and uh, booth and table that I end up doing is going to be featured for her work. So everything comes full, full circle. Um, but if you have anything, video, uh, photos, whatever, if you have a social media, if, if, if you're brand new, and you really don't know what you're doing, but you think you look cool. I want to hype you up. <laughs> I was going to say, you want to think they look cool <laughs> <You know>? too. <laughs> <laughs> I want to let you know that you do look you cool. Do look you cool. are awesome in whatever it is that you're doing, you know, because as long as you have this desire to learn and to become better, you know, I'm all for that. And I have your support hundred percent. Um, you know, I was, I was raised very similar geography to you. You're a, you're a New York boy. I'm a Philly boy. And uh, <laughs> I'm I'm a cheeky. F <laughs> Let's be fair about it. Uh, I'm a cheeky. F <laughs> and I do like to poke fun and talk smack and stuff like that. But truthfully, what you said about like you do look cool, no matter what your 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 vibe is and saber community, you do look cool because you're doing the thing you love while other people are huffing and puffing about the fact that they hate their lives. Exactly. Exactly. And in that moment, regardless if you feel weak, if you feel, you know, small, you have power and you have the most incredible power of all. And just and just keep keep doing that, you know. Yo, and let Kyle be a part of that for you. Buy one of his savings <laughs> when you do it. <laughs> it took me it took me a while to to really find like something inspirational that I could always say to to someone, and I, it ended up being this like long, lengthy, wordy thing of you know, you're awesome, you're great, you're beautiful, and all this stuff. And I've kind of dumbed it down to just saying stay nerdy, and it has so much like meaning in in just that because you know, nerd for a while, and this is like me, a colored man growing up in a place where you know, you being a person of color, you should not be a nerd mm, at all. Interesting. You should be something else. And I was a nerd. I was one of maybe like two or three kids. We've had this talk before. This is definitely a talk for another night, but we've had this talk, <laughs> you and me kind of privately a little bit. And um, right. I had a slightly different experience with it where, you know, nerds came in all shapes and colors where when I grew up in the area I grew up, but I I don't want to talk and look like and look at all the same things that I look and talk and act like, you know, I want everybody's input. That's just me. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but I don't know. Um, so I think first of all, come out of the closet geeks, come out of the closet, fly well, your nerd flag. Now it's so much, it's so much more popular. You're seeing the popular thing today the lightsaber is the symbol of it. How many flow yeah. artists have come out it's of the woodwork? It's becoming the symbol. 
you don't need to be a martial artist to enjoy a lightsaber. We've talked about that ad nauseum tonight, but it's how many flow artists have come out in the last like year since quarantine, just like buying a lightsaber with their uh, stimulus money and having a blast with it. There's mental health right there. (laughs) Regardless of what anyone thinks about Disney, the sequel movies, the only, I, I feel they have been an inspiration for the nerd community to become a hundred times more popular and more accepting as we are, because this thing was kind of like a little hidden, hidden gem secret that we kind of kept to our, to ourselves. And now I am, I mean, I've, I've had people now on my Facebook who I've never spoken to for years and they send me like little, little bits and, and clips. And then I, I hear from them and they're like, oh my gosh, you make lightsabers? And four <laughs> years ago, it was like, wait, you make lightsabers? That's a little. And now it's like, oh my gosh, you make light. It's, it's, a, it's a total flip. It really is. And it's, it's great. It's great. Maybe this is a good, good place to end it. I was just talking the other day. We keep to, saying that we're going to end it. I know, but keep... damn it, dude. We just have such a good time. I can't do uh it, it, whatever I, I got Disney magic too. Um, so I was just talking to my current boss, um, at the MMA gym and I, you were, you're aware I posted a little saber choreography from a couple years back uh, of me and B doing right. a little, just a fun after hours choreography. And my coach is, is, is a soup. Like he talks smack relentlessly. He's a former pro kickboxer and he, you know, he's a hard dude. So he, he makes life hard for everybody around him on purpose uh, and gets a good chuckle out of it. So I come into the dojo ready to bow in and everything and teach. And he comes up to me and he, and he tries to uh, round kick me in the head, test my reflexes. He goes, must be all that saber practice you got making them reflexes sharp. And he goes to the to the lady who works at the desk. He goes, you know, I was going to talk. Sh- but then it was actually pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like a real hard dude just getting like and and just like Alan says, you hand somebody a lightsaber to take it back to the very beginning of the episode. You, you hand somebody a lightsaber and that's the only question you need to ask them is just to observe what they do. And, and there you go. So keysabers.com, sabermartialarts.life. You'll hear this segment every few weeks. I think we'll try and repeat it. You might even see it released in the same week as another regular episode. Um, it's just going to be a fun thing we do and we're going to talk tech and we're going to talk technique and we're going to talk how the weapon itself relates to the art itself and the people doing it. So I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope that we have a lot of these fun conversations in the future. We're bowing out. Bring your own saber. <laughs>